What up, my homie? Lisa Bilyeu here, and I am over the moon excited to share this special Instagram live recording with me and my hubby, Tom Bilyeu, where we celebrate our 21st year wedding anniversary. And of course, we're spilling the tea on most important lessons we've learned through our ups and downs. When we first met, we lived on opposite sides of the globe. We came from different cultures. My dad even said no when he asked for his blessing to marry me. We thought we were going to have four kids and ended up deciding not to have any at all. And we built multiple businesses together and so today we're unpacking nine nine tips that we have used and realized that makes up a happy successful marriage and how we've navigated the 21 years to build the solid team that we are today so get ready for some juicy but rather unconventional tips for how to make time for intimacy we also talk about why the selfish time games are a must for maintaining your sanity and individuality and how our theory of don't share the blanket may keep you tighter and longer and better than ever before. So join me right now as we pull back the curtain on the 21 years of intimacy, challenges and total freaking honesty. And my homie, while you're here, please leave a review or comment on this episode. It's the absolute best way to help people find us and spread the word of impact. Grab your partner and listen to this episode together. It really may spark some incredible conversations. All right, I've asked the hubby to join. This is hysterical. Cool. I can't see you, babe. Oh, there you are. There we go. What's up? Now, for the record, because I could hear you the whole time saying that I just didn't know what I was doing, it wasn't working. So on my phone, it would not give me the option to join you. Uh, so yeah, we had to get a whole new phone and, and reconnect. But I assure you, this was not user error. I had Esther here, who is the queen of Instagram, <laughs> who was like, uh, I don't know why it's not working. So she was clicking every button. I'm telling you, it was not me. Uh, I wish it was, because then it would have been much easier to solve. But here we are. What is up, everybody? Happy anniversary, baby. Happy anniversary to you, my love. It really sucks that we are um, not able to share space today because, I don't know if you've told everybody, but you're sick. So this has got to be one of the first times we've had an anniversary where I can't give you a kiss, which is super lame. Oh my God. So There are still people saying that there's no sound, which is weird. It seems to be intermittent, so I don't know what to do with that. But I think Instagram is rugging us all. So I think that's the the catch here. So the funny thing is, is that just so everyone knows um, the... (laughs) relationship me and my hubby have so we obviously make sure that we don't get each other sick so recently we've been staying in separate rooms because i've been sick and then i was like but babe we've got to kiss each other on our anniversary he's like and you want to get me sick so I yeah I, that's part. literal madness to me that that is so crazy by the way so that we can take people into the realm of useful advice I will just tell you right now, the biggest things that you are going to struggle with in your marriage are you have different frames of reference like it, it is literally crazy to me that she would want to kiss on our anniversary while sick. Like I just, I can't imagine. But so, then, I can't but I assume it. you feel the same in the opposite direction, where it's like, no, oh my I, god! But like I, any I sacrifice, sanitize. I'm gonna sanitize my. You are hilarious. This explains why. Well, hold on, hold on. how many times have you been sick in the last three and a half years? Two or three, right? Actually, yeah, not, not really. Not much. Two or three, I did zero because germ theory 
You cannot so say. So the funny thing, no. So, so one more thing about the dog. So the one thing is also I suggested, because I like to come up with souls, and I suggested, well, babe, so I'm just putting Wookie on the floor, what if I put saran wrap and then we just kiss through the saran wrap and you still said no. Amazing. Uh, amazing. It, it is a an intriguing glimpse into the way you view the world, yes. That is uh, but I, amazing. But again, you said frame of reference. Actually, I think that's super important. Um, do you want to explain quickly frame of reference before we go through our nine tips on how we built our relationship? Yeah, for sure. So frame of reference, we all have it. And I think this is one of the most terrifying things uh, in the world is that people don't understand that they have a frame of reference. The frame of reference is built on your beliefs and your values. They are almost always cobbled together from the time you were a little kid. They're completely invisible. People build it up by accident. So you'd have a very different frame of reference if you were raised in my family than if you were raised in my neighbor's house. It just, that is how it works. Uh, over time, the things that happen to you, but it really boils down to what do you believe is true about yourself and the world? That's your belief system. And then what do you believe ought to be true about the world? And that's your value system. And if you take the time to really put those together in a meaningful way, then you'll be able to navigate the world well. But most people, they're completely blind to it. And so it becomes this distortion by which they view everything in their lives. But they think that they're simply viewing reality as it is. And that fundamental mistake, like if I could just get people to understand that, it would change everything in anyone's life. But just, and I just want to give someone a very quick idea because I was getting confused with frame of reference from values. And so to give someone a very quick uh, uh, real-time story. So you come to meet my family for the very first time. I've got a very loud Greek family. Everyone talks over each other. Everyone just like, interrupts each other. And so by the end, I was like, oh, you know, he's had so much fun. Everyone's really wild. Everyone's got a lot of personality. So we leave my dad's house. Um because my dad's very, very Greek. So we leave my dad's house and my dad's family. And I'm like, so what do you think of my family? He's like, babe, they're so rude. I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, everyone talks over each other. He's like, your dad asked me a question halfway through my answer. He turns around, he's ignoring me. People are shouting, people interrupt you. I'm like, oh no, that's just how the Greeks are. Frame of reference. My frame of reference, that's how the Greeks are. That's them showing you that they actually bring you into their home and they're very comfortable around you. But your frame of reference in the same situation is the fact that my family is rude. So now whenever we get into debates or arguments or, you know, we, we don't agree on something, that's the one thing that we say is what's your frame of reference on this thing? Yeah, so, so piercing somebody's frame of reference is also very difficult. So Steve. What's up, Beaverton? I see you. Uh, so, yes, and I would also like to point out that your family is incredible and lovely. And once you orient to how they do things differently, then it becomes very easy to um, understand. In fact, this is something that you and I talk a lot about is boys and girls in your relationships. I, I will warn you against do not interpret someone else's behavior in terms of what it would mean if you did that thing you have to ask what does it mean when they do that thing so one thing that drives my wife nuts is the way my memory is i just i don't hold on to things now the good news is that that means that i don't get spun out of control i i'm i'm not the guy that's ever going to get depressed all that i just move beyond things so quickly 
not because I'm special, because I have a weird quirk of my memory where those things don't remain salient in my mind. But that also means that my wife will say, hey, I really like this thing. And it takes a lot of repetition for that to sink in. And so she will evaluate something by what would it mean if she did that with her memory where she remembers things forever. And so she can't imagine what it's like to be somebody for whom those things just sort of pass like a cloud passing through the sky. That's very foreign to her. So you have to be really careful to understand that your frame of reference is a funhouse mirror that distorts the world. You think it's objective reality or that it's right. This is another mistake people make is assuming because they feel it, they believe it, that it is true. It is right. It's the way things ought to be. Uh, and that will be the source of the vast majority of your friction. This is why money and kids destroy so many relationships is they are highly uh, material thing, meaning they, they matter a lot. And if you don't see eye to eye on how they ought to be, you will pull in opposite directions. And it drives people crazy because they believe that this, this really is how you should raise a kid. And so anybody that thinks this isn't how you should raise a kid is, is a fool, is an idiot. And you won't have anticipated that stuff at the beginning of your relationship. And so in the beginning, when you might both agree on how people ought to date, then everything is great. But then when you disagree on how you ought to raise kids, and this is why people have a hard time marrying across political spectrums, because it's just, it's, it's a value system problem. And when we actually thought we were going to have kids, because when we got married, we thought we were going to have four, because you, of this notion. You we, thought we were going to have four. I thought we were going to have four. Yeah, I wanted four. Um, we, we started watching the, the Super Nanny. So shout out to Joe. Frost, my homie, but we would watch her and we would sit there and we'd watch like couples argue and we'd watch her give advice and we would go, okay, how would you handle the situation? Why would you handle it like that? Oh, what would you say here? And so it just helped us understand each other's idea of how we all, we thought we ought to bring up children because we come from very different backgrounds. And I think that that's something that so many people relate with us is that we come from very different backgrounds. Obviously, me being very Greek Orthodox and you being, you know, from Tacoma, Washington. And so that was one. One way for us to just understand each other without judging each other and then not to actually find out once you've had the kid oh we actually don't see eye to eye at all and that's where a lot of friction comes because you don't actually discuss it ahead of time agreed okay so i'm going to read out our nine guys if you want to save these go over to our instagram to grab some water sorry Go over to our Instagram, you're on Instagram, go over to our Instagram, go to our main page after this live and then you can save it and you'll have all the tips there. But we're going to go through them today, babe. And uh, guys, if you do have questions, drop them in the comments box um, and then we'll try to get to your questions as well. Okay, so in case you're just joining, we've been married for 21 years today and I was 21 years old when we met, babe. That's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. We've been together, we've been married as long as you were alive when we met that's i don't know that's a trip so cool. that's a trip you're I, gonna be a little old lady one day isn't that weird i know we'll be old and weekly together it's weird it's weird all right so i'm gonna read out so number one have sex often carfax yeah so this is uh in fact how much do you want to go into each one as we go or do you want to run um, through them and then well pop i back think up? we've got a hard out because you also have a shoot today oh so shit i do have a hard out you do yeah well, so I'll just give a quick one-liner uh, about. We can go the, deep. I'll, I'll give a quick one-liner about them. them. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can circle us back to anything you think warrants the rest of the time. Uh, so I think all couples are in danger of becoming roommates because the neurochemistry of young love, new love, I don't mean young in humans, but in new and when you connect, um, is very intoxicating. But it is going to change. And if you don't navigate that change well, um, you're either going to break up or you're going to become roommates. And one of the ways, just from a neurochemical standpoint, to ensure you don't become roommates is to continue to have sex. It, it is a boundary you only cross with, for the most part, it's becoming more popular for the following statement to not be true. But uh, for the most part, you only cross that line with one person. And so um, I think it's a very important line to continually cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we very much are very conscious of that. And so as busy as we get, we never ignore that we need to make time for it because um, life can be very distracting. There's a lot going on. And, you know, we're very passionate about what we do. And so we very much make sure that we have time. We have date nights, that we have time together um, to make space for sex because it's super freaking important. And then growing up, I remember um, seeing people that parents that just – Real fast, Lelenski. Good to see you. Ah, Couldn't help myself. Sorry. And my Sorry. brother's in the house, and my mom's in the house. Is she? Oh, uh, I haven't seen your mom yeah. yet. Um, and so uh, we. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, so it's never going to happen by accident. I grew up where I saw people's parents actually sleep in separate rooms, and it's just like that isn't healthy as a relationship. And so we just were very conscious about making that like. And I love that we actually put that as number one. Okay, number two, and guys, if you're just watching, we're going over the top tips that Tom and I have used to have a successful not, uh, marriage. Oh, to have a successful marriage after 21 years. All right, um, number two, communicate obsessively. Yeah, so there's a reason that everybody that's been married for a long time is going to tell you you need to communicate. Um, this is live on its own, but I will just say. Uh, going back to frame of reference, you don't see the world the same. You don't use the same words. You think you do, but you don't because you define them differently. You have to communicate constantly. Things will also change over time. That's one thing um, I've been thinking a lot about lately in our own marriage is, whoa, like things where one of us, in fact, the easiest one is your identity. You had a huge identity shift um, in the middle of our marriage where you went from, I'm going to have four kids to actually, no, I want to be an entrepreneur. And to navigate that was, was a lot of things with communication, the most important. Yeah, for sure. And then I think you already said this, but when you say defining words, like we actually define words, like what does this word mean to you? Cause that's where sometimes we'd be like, we've had this conversation a thousand times. How are we still not on the same page? I mean, who can relate heart guys, if you can relate to this, where you're like this again, we've spoken about this and yet it still comes up. And what we realize is when something still comes up, you haven't actually defined the language that you're using with each other to make sure they're actually on the same page. So we were saying the words, but when I was saying something like, oh, that's what you mean when you use that word? So even by the word that you use, you have to define. And then you use it in your communication that you know that that person can hear, not necessarily what you mean. That's important because you may mean, I've said everything that I mean, but if they can't hear you because you're using the word, of, I was going to say wrong word, but the word that they, they don't interpret the same as you, then you have to adjust the word that you use. Okay, someone says, why not share blankets? We're going to get to that soon. We're going to get yeah, to that Yeah, by the soon. way, if we're going to get to all of them, um, we're going to have to alternate. Or, yeah, go faster or alternate. Okay, don't trust your emotions. You want that one or you want me to take it? it? 
If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That maybe not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Uh, yeah, so I, I, because I care so much about people, I beseech you all, your emotions are created through a weird confluence of your uh, frame of reference and the state of your body. And if you default trust your emotions, your life is going to suck. Uh, if you default look at your emotions skeptically, not meaning don't have an emotion or anything like that, but you need to be skeptical. Otherwise, you will be beholden to your emotions and not to your goals. Boom. All right. I feel the pressure now to keep going. All right. Uh, number <laughs> number four, confess your insecurities when fighting. All right. So I'll take this one. So um, I was realizing probably about a year ago or something, we were having some the same fight over and over. And then I realized, oh, you keep triggering me. And so in one, one of the moments, it almost like really just dawned on me in the middle of a fight that I was being triggered. And so I remember very specifically, and so being very vulnerable and showing you that I was vulnerable and my insecurities, I was saying, babe, what I've realized is when you use this word, going back to defining words, when you use this word, it triggers me. Now, my trigger is mine to own. That isn't something that you need to change. 
It's something that I need to work on. But right now, I haven't gotten there yet. And so until I'm able to work on my triggers where I don't get emotionally charged, if you don't mind, please don't use this word. And then you'll say, cool, what word can I use instead? Because I still have to communicate with you. So it's like, great, use this word instead. So in that moment, the insecurity in me where I want to feel like a freaking badass and I want to feel like I know what, you know, like I can keep my stuff together. It was like, that isn't working. I just need to be honest with you about what was triggering me. Take that ownership on, but then communicate to you ways in which that until I get there, that you don't trigger me. So that was um, me just being very uh, upfront and honest about my insecurities. Okay, next one. Never weaponize your partner's insecurities against them. Go for it. Yeah, the only way that I can see a relationship being worth all the compromises that you make to be in it is that um, you can be completely open and vulnerable with that one person and um, you can tell them everything about yourself, all the things you're struggling with. They can help you become better. Not that they carry your insecurities. You need to do that yourself. You need to solve for them. Um, but no one's ever going to do that if the other person weaponizes those insecurities against them. So I am not kidding. If Lisa betrayed me, stole money, everything, I still wouldn't give up her secrets. Like that to me is just, it's actually evil. Now that's my frame of reference at play. Um, and I, I have to, I know it feels good because I believe the same to be true of you. And so that feels really, really good. Um, so yeah, don't, don't ever use them against a the person because they will clam up. And so in perfect example, as I told you about my trigger, you're never then going to throw that back in my face in the middle of an argument that, that you just can't take that back. And so that's me being vulnerable, being honest with you. And then you making sure that you take it in with uh, warm, loving arms instead of, you know, throwing it, throwing it back in my face later, because that just uh, d d um, diminishes the trust in our, your relationship. And freaking trust is built over time. And sometimes it can go just like that. <clears throat> okay, go to bed angry. And that wasn't a, spell, a spelling error. No, it was not. So I know that there is a, actually this, you should take this one since I started okay, yes. the last one. Yeah, okay. So um, we just, for the longest time, it was like, don't go to bed angry. And so that was the motto that we lived under. And so we would keep talking and argue and keep going. Now, what ends up happening, you're more tired, which means that you're more irritable. And so by the time you're arguing and, you know, you think you can't go to bed angry, but then 1, 1 a.m. comes and you're still freaking fighting. And now it's actually getting worse. It's not getting better. And so sometimes all you need to do is lower your emotions. And so what we realized was... Just go to bed angry and then wake up and deal with it the next day. Hopefully you've had a good night's sleep and now you can actually have more clarity. But the one thing we always do, we always do is we make sure that even when we're angry, we kiss each other on the lips and we say, I love you. Because just in case I end up dying in my sleep, I want you to know that I still love you. And so we literally, it's actually comical. It's like we'll be arguing. It's like, all right, time for bed. Fine. Love you. Love you. And that's how we end the night. But some, that has solved so many things for us in our relationship where we just don't keep spiraling. Because the more you keep spiraling, the more you end up saying something that you're going to regret. Thanks. Um, okay. Uh, broadcast and receive love always. Yeah. So, um, Lisa, I, in 2022 was the hardest year of my professional career. It was absolutely grueling. I came out the other side feeling like an absolute stud, a total warrior. It was amazing. Uh, and my wife was traumatized and I could not figure out why. And she kept saying the phrase, I want my husband. I want my husband. I want my husband. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm right here. Uh, and so in a moment of peak pride, my wife was distressed and I finally realized what she doesn't like is that to get through hard things, I have 
over the last 20 plus years, I have hardened myself. And that's really been my journey. And I'm incredibly proud of that. And I'll, I'll go to the ends of the earth uh, for that. But at the same time, I finally understood what you were saying is you need me to broadcast and receive love uh, basically at all times. So even if we're in a fight, if I can broadcast and receive love, then we can navigate that fight well. If I get hard, I shut down. Um, I If I put armor up and go dead emotionally, which is awesome, by the way, and is very useful. Uh, but uh, I, I think that I think that to an extent, it's also useful in a relationship. But if if you do that and can't also broadcast and receive love, then then you're really in trouble. So it becomes like a sieve versus a chain mail to stick with an armor metaphor here. It's chain mail versus block steel. And so that you can still have things coming in and out. Uh, you can still show kindness and love and warmth, uh, but at the same time, not be grabbed by your lesser emotions. By the way, I'm just going to add here. I've been trying to get the hubby to restart relationship theory for a while now. And so I'm just going to drop a bomb here. Anyone wants us to start relationship theory again? Let's start bugging Tom. Please start hearting because it's just an excuse for me to hang out with him and do something with our business as well. So if this video is actually bring, or this is bringing you value, imagine if you could get more of it on YouTube. Just imagine. Just imagine. All right, next one. Um, see the best in your partner. Okay, so I'll take this one. Sometimes when you're not broadcasting or receiving love, it's very hard for me to, to, to feel the warmth. And so sometimes when, especially when you're arguing, all you see in that argument is the bad. They did this. They acted like this. And so always remember who they actually are fundamentally, like in their heart. And that this is a momentary of emotions that you guys are clashing on. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person. And so, but when you're arguing, I totally understand that sometimes it feels like they were, oh, look, people are hearting, babe. Um, it doesn't always mean that um, people are the bad person. So you've got to remember who they are fundamentally, why you're with them. And you've got to repeat to yourself. So in fact, in moments of the biggest frustration, one of the biggest arguments at the beginning that we ever had, I was like, he doesn't like, oh my God, like, you hate me. I mean, I obviously wasn't using that word, but like I was making up a story in my mind. And then I realized I was making up a freaking story in my mind. And so the very thing that I went to is, does he love you? Like, just answer that question. Do I actually believe he loves you? Yes. Amazing. Now that I actually know that, everything else I can work through. If I question that, obviously that's very dangerous and I need to address that. But if I know fundamentally you love me, the feeling that I have now is temporary. All right. Shout out to very last. Diana. What's up, Diana? Ah, my mom. And the very last one is don't share blankets. Why should we not share blankets, Mr. Bingu? Yeah, so uh, I, I mean it literally, but I put it on the list as a also something that applies to a lot of uh, other things. So everybody has their own way that they like to do things, the temperature that they like to sleep at, the way that they like to do blankets. And uh, the first night... <laughs> that Lisa and I uh, cohabitated. Uh, I ended up stealing all the blankets in the middle of the night, not knowing it, leaving her sleeping under the air conditioning machine. So she froze to death all night and probably got very little sleep. Uh, I slept perfectly, but unbeknownst to me, violated like something that means so much to me, which is to always put my wife's comfort ahead of my own. Uh, so it just became self-evident to me immediately 
you know, if we're going to sleep together every night, I need my own blankets. Uh, and so uh, that just is not weird to me at all. And so that applies to a gazillion other things. Like there are times to come together and to make a million sacrifices and all that. And then there are other times where it's like, does it really matter in this moment? And will it make material difference to your life if you carve that space out? So it's, it is very much linked to the idea of selfish time where Lisa and I make sure that, um, every weekend we get, we each get selfish time. So what, what would you do right now if you do not have to consider me What's at the all? name called, baby, of our game that we play? I'm not sure where you're headed. Just selfish time is what this is called. Selfish Are you talking desires. about? Oh, oh like, right, 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 right. Like, we literally play this game every Saturday morning. It's like, what's your selfish desire? What's my selfish desire? Yeah, which, by the way, if we have any pleasers in the crowd, if you don't do this, your life is going to be miserable. We had to, like, our whole family are a bunch of pleasers. So we would get together as a large group and it would just be this endless nightmare of whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. And so finally, Lisa and I were like, all right, this is what we do in our marriage. You say what you selfishly want to do. Then we can figure out from the list of options what makes the, you know, makes sense for all of us. Or maybe we do this first and then that. But if nobody says what they actually want, nobody gets what they want. Uh, so, yeah. Say, and then you say sacrificing and then you keep sacrificing for the other person. And then if you're married for 21 years, imagine we didn't play this game. Right. And then we always did what I wanted, for instance. Like the one thing that always used to break my heart is when I would hear couples or specifically men say a happy wife makes a happy life. Like that actually really saddens me, like really would sadden me because I'm like, but don't, don't you have your own happiness like what brings you joy obviously i understand you want your partner to be happy but what do you want to do and so yeah we would play this go ahead yeah you could tell i was going to say something there it's interesting happy wife happy life is that warrants a an ig live or if you can ever convince me a relationship theory episode because there really is something in there that is that i think really highlights the difference between how and how men and women approach the world and a lot of times for guys and i saw a couple of people ask this question like well what if you're willing to work on it you're willing to communicate but your partner isn't and i'm going to guess 99 times out of 100 that's the woman saying that and the guy is the more stubborn unless it comes to weight and then it's going to be often the guys in the gym and the woman doesn't want to just to really piss some people off here um but that i think is really telling that a guy just is going to fatigue with all this fucking relationship talk and emotions. Oh my God. And if you don't understand why, what, what a guy means when he says that is giving up and just letting you have your way and placating you at every turn is easier than trying to navigate this minefield of your emotions. This is why it's I say people need a skeptical healthier. eye. It's fucking disastrous and will lead to people breaking up every time. But what I'm saying is this is what happens when one, you don't force yourself to communicate obsessively. And two, if look, I'm just going to be honest as women, if you just assume your emotions are right and because you feel them, he really is a bad guy. Then you're going to get, he's just going to check out because he's like the way you are representing my internal state is inaccurate. But every time I go to defend myself, you say, ah, ha, ha, but I feel this way. Yes, but you're not accurately mapping my intentions. And so eventually, guys, not being able to communicate, not knowing how to articulate these things, never having mapped out their own feelings, which shame on them, 
but they haven't done that. And then they get this constant sense of like, well, the way that you're the, the actions you did made me feel this way. And if I feel this way, it is right. And now it's just like, uh, I give up just fine. Happy, happy wife, happy life. And yeah, the it, giving up, it, up is easier than fighting. Yeah. But to your point is that it doesn't actually serve either of your guys' relationship. And so going back to this last point of not sharing blankets, it's like, to your point, I, I always thought, of course you share blankets. Like I'd never seen anyone not share blankets. So I went straight into, well, you both just come to a mid, you know, sacrifice or you both just, you know, um, meet in the middle. But sometimes you don't actually have to meet in the middle. You can have your own blanket. They can have their blanket. Um, and so what are the moments where you need to sacrifice? Where are the moments that you don't? It's so freaking important. Mm-hmm. And then someone put, right, like, that, it just love, leads to resentment. My love, I have to go. All right, baby. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. 21 years, man. Crazy, crazy. Opportunity. Anyone that wants to see us on YouTube, do this again. I'm dying to pick up relationship theory again on YouTube, and I need to convince this man that uh, that we should do it. So um, it's all in the data, my love. You know that. All right, everybody. I got to go. Much love. Thank you for having me. And uh, happy anniversary, pumpkin. Happy anniversary, baby. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.